0: Cities, we are The Daves You Know. This is The Daves. I you want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Right, and welcome back to episode 217 of the Dave's I Know podcast uh a lot more good stuff to talk about this week than last week and uh we have a lot of stuff to talk about so we're but no special
1: of, guests
0: no special guests unfortunately um we have reached out to a couple other people um and so we're hopefully we'll have uh trying to line up a couple for after the season's over whether that's november 8th or uh if we are in the playoffs and it's a few weeks later um but yeah i think uh we chatted with some, like, as I think we mentioned last week, we chatted with some folks at the um, uh, stars reunion and a few people who were seemed interested in, uh, in wanting to be on the podcast again or uh, for the first time. So um, let's just jump right in. Uh, if you want to get beer, patreon.com slash Dave's. I know uh, I should probably write a new copy for that. Cause I'm just getting tired of reading, the looking at the same copy. So uh, let's just jump right in. I can
1: tell you've been free balling it.
0: I have been um, dangling uh participles <laughs> uh all right let's just <laughs> l- let's jump in austin zero minnesota united fc one uh, minnesota went down to texas and uh and s- took three points again so um
1: and matthew mcconaughey probably had a good
0: yeah uh, it was if he, uh, you know
1: like when he read the headlines maybe the next day.
0: I'm sure he did. Yes. Um you know if he wasn't stoned. So
1: <laughs> No, he was definitely
0: stoned no <laughs> matter what. Yes. What? Um, um what? Huh? So dude, We'll just talk through a, a few points. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this game. Um this is generally a uh a, a three point This is that... like
1: a you better fucking do it. or
0: <laughs> This is, this is a, like... a a win that felt like a draw. Um or even yeah, a loss exactly. in certain in certain respects. But um all right. So first main point, trap, uh, Will Trap was out. So Hisani Dotson and Ozzy Alonso played in the midfield again. Um, I don't know. I suspect he was he just stayed in Minnesota because you know, wanted to be with his kid, didn't want to travel down to Texas. Uh because nobody
1: should go to Texas willingly.
0: Right. Plus, he was in training um uh earlier this week. So my guess is it had something to do with he didn't want to quarantine or or whatever, uh, with a newborn, especially. It's you know. You don't want to put your put your kids in line like that so newborns can't get vaccinated david i don't know if you know this or not i don't know if you know
2: anything about newborns but i
0: you know what i don't um i just i don't know why um they let me have one and two at that at that matter so uh all right so that was the you first have a
1: license for a gun you have yeah. to have a license to drive right you do not have to have a license to procreate it's crazy out there
0: yeah. So um, th- I thought the backline was pretty suspect in this game. Most most of the game. Um, what were you I,
1: suspecting?
0: I was suspecting that they would be good, and uh, and they were and not. And your
1: suspicions were thwarted.
0: <laughs> yes, they were. They were thwarted, and and not confirmed for sure. So <laughs> I had a hypothesis. Uh, I was proven false. So. Um,
1: what what would you have preferred to see? Uh,
0: yeah. Them again. Them be good. And uh, no, no. Uh, I
1: mean. Was it? Was it? I think part of it, I think part of it,
0: I think part of it was that they had that uh, uh, Hasani was playing more of the six and Ozzy was playing more of the eights. I thought the same that should have been totally flipped, and I don't know why that was the case. Um, maybe they didn't want Ozzy going back, you know, going. Um, I don't know, I just don't know, I don't understand. So, David,
2: sometimes Hasani was playing the six because Boxall was playing center back because our center backs were, the, you know, I really like that our fullbacks Gasper and Meniere who usually had the green light to go up on the attack, sometimes both up on the attack, which is really scary. Um, but they've stayed more at home. And I actually like that. It was, it was the uh, center backs that kind of went gallivanting off into their own little dream worlds. and, so sometimes Hassani, Dotson, and I don't think Ozzy and Hassani both were center backs, but sometimes Hassani had to be the sixth because basically Boxall or uh, Ozzie was filling in for Boxall or Debasi.
1: One of yeah. these days, you guys are going to explain to me with, um, we're going to use the drawing tool in Zoom, what the fuck these numbers mean. <laughs> six is a defensive um, midfielder. A six, a ten. I just think about tens. Miguel Ibarra and Renoso are tens. I don't know if that's true. I think. I think Chase is usually a seven. Is that? His, is that his plate? Is that no. his winger place? I don't know. But I love these numbers. And one of these days, that should be like Patreon content because. I'm we could have my mind blown.
0: We can do that. It, it's there it basically corresponds to where they like li- like where they lined up on the pitch.
1: Is.
0: Yeah, like so a
1: base only now today. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so um <laughs> but we can do that. Uh, we can do that. We need we need off season content, Jess. So this is this is really great off season content. Oh, we can, that'll we can be educate I, Jess on the wait. on the finer points of, the finer points of soccer. Um, Jess is tactics. all about that base, all that base, all that base. Four
1: three 9 er. Yeah. Two. We're
0: running uh, a five, three, nine or, um, so yeah, other than that, Tyler Miller played really, really well again. Uh, he said only, you know, I, I was talking with a few people, um, the other day and, you know, talking about who, you know, we thought it has exceeded expectations this year on Minnesota. And, um, you know, one of the first people that we talked about was Tyler Miller. Uh, he's only had two or three, you know, sort of yips or blunders that were totally his fault. Um, pretty much every time we talk about a game and we talk about the goals, we talk about how that was not Tyler Miller's fault and how he had no chance at the ball, whether it was just an amazing strike, uh, or it was a defensive breakdown. Um, he has 11 clean sheets this year. Uh, he got one on Saturday, um, tied for most in, uh, MN MOS history with uh, Vito Manone. So he's got five more games to get at least one. Uh, and he's got four clean sheets in the last six games. I believe. Um, the only problem is, you know, there was a couple of, uh, clunkers in there Uh, so i think he's gonna get it have
1: to redact retract a a tweet at tyler miller okay i remember i think it was real salt lake our first home game of the season i tweeted well tyler miller is certainly making me think goalkeeping is not at all like riding a bike and good sir i would like to redact that comment because clearly you have more than made up for it thank you for standing on your head i i am woman enough to admit when i uh spoke poorly
0: <laughs> uh even with um even without a mustache too so go figure
1: i didn't even have to mansplain yeah, it.
0: yeah. um And so the, the, the one really good thing outside of, I think Tyler Miller uh, was the goal Um, Reynoso uh, found a a bunch of space. And when Austin uh, and the defenders give Reynoso space, he's going to take it. Uh, He took a really great shot that uh, keeper spilled. Dotson was on the rebound. He crossed it uh, back across the goal to Frank Payne, who was able to basically, um, you know, tap it in for a goal. That was, I believe in like the 16th or 17th minute. It was very, 16th minute. It's very nice. It was an awesome awesome goal. Um and you know, it turned out to be all that uh Minnesota needed to uh to win the game.
1: From what I was reading in the highlights, folks were saying that basically had Renoso or had Frank not scored that goal and had Tyler Miller missed uh the one one of his saves in the second half it would have been exact opposite results for this game right so I wish we would have beaten them into the dirt that would have given me a little bit more hope that we were revived rejuvenated and you know wanting like hell to make the playoffs but
0: yeah, um, it is what it is. <laughs> speaking of Frank Payne, he had a, uh, a weird game. Like I said, he scored that goal. He played, you know, he had some really good offensive opportunities. And then um, he just he turned the ball over three or four times in especially in the first half. That was uh, like that literally directly led to Austin uh, attacking opportunities. And again, but for Tyler Miller, um, you know, playing out of his mind. Uh, the game Austin might have been up two one at halftime um, if uh, if Miller hadn't been there and and also what's we give we give Miller a lot of credit he made eight saves but Austin was shit at finishing <laughs> they were so so fucking bad at finishing um, I believe they had eleven shots uh, I think they had nineteen shots total eight on goal and they had some really point blank range shots that they just that they just didn't even get on frame which was kind of kind of amazing. So yeah, a lot of it was Tyler Miller, but a lot of it was just Austin being really fucking bad at soccer.
2: Um. This goes back to your point, David, about our back line. It, It wasn't like Tyler Miller was fucking incredible and our defense was forcing them into bad shots. Our defense was stepping up and making them shoot wide or our defense was stepping up or reacting and they had to do something they didn't want to do, take that shot early and it flew over the net. No, they were wide open.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it was it was it was a comedy of errors unfortunately. So uh and then you know, I guess the other kind of big point I want to make and I know uh, MJ you have a point on uh, on Pedro. Um I don't know what happened and I and I haven't I haven't been able to track down any information about it, but in the stoppage time, Mohammad Metnier would fucking nuclear on uh one of the the Austin FC players and literally had to be held back by three or four Minnesota United players to keep him from um, I don't know, fighting the guy or punching him or something. I have no, ex- I have no idea what happened. Uh, no one has been able to, to tell. I haven't seen any stories. Um, You know, I've reached out to a couple people that I know who might have some information or might've asked a question afterwards, but I haven't not heard uh, from anybody um, that they even talked about it afterwards, but it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. He went, he got, he looked like a, like he's about to fucking kill somebody. So um, which if this, anybody
1: out there listening has that uh you know, caught that uh snippet on a gif or something, yeah. I would be interested to see it. I I love those moments when I'm in person and can see them happening.
0: Yeah, he uh it, it was almost like um he uh it was like like he was racially abused or something, but I, I don't but again I don't want to like I don't want to say anything like that because I'm not, you know, I'm, all, I'm speculating right now, but man, it was, uh, it was crazy. So, um, and then before we finish up on the game, MJ, you want to talk about uh, Pedro?
2: Well, like I said, I don't know if this was a heat design thing or if Boxall or Ozzy just told the fullbacks, Hey, don't go up into the attack all the time. These guys can counterattack really well. They have really good, they get into really good spaces, making very incisive passes. Whatever the deal was, maybe it was box on maybe it was Tyler Miller. Both fullbacks stayed at home a little bit more than normal. It was actually a, a, a relief. Now, as David pointed, our back line didn't play that well cohesively together or allowed a lot, but a lot of the things they allowed were like center top of the box. That's Ozzy and the center backs neighborhood. And like I said, often Aussie was covering for one of the center backs. So uh a lot to be desired in the middle of our defense, but chase actually played more like Pedro than chase chasing around everywhere. Uh, He had one silly, stupid foul early on in the game, but in that first half, I counted, you know, one really good clearance with his foot, one good clearance with his head um, twice where he stayed kind of left marking the threat left and not chasing the ball towards the middle just kind of knowing where his zone and where his man was a little bit more than I'm used to seeing him.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> That's a good point. <clears throat> All right. Now the moment everybody's been waiting for, obviously uh, let's get to our Freddie adus. Um, MJ, why don't you go first? Um, I'm thinking Hassani Dotson. I, I believe I picked him last game
2: saying he had the, his best game that I thought he had this year coming back from injury. I thought he continued to improve this game. Uh, on both sides of the ball, again, often filling in that for that number six role because um, Ozzy was either too far forward or covering for one of our backs. So Sonny gotson obviously gets that spit, nice spin and assist. Yep. Really nice carrying, dribbling the ball into space, going out wide, spinning, not nutmegging one of the defenders, you know, threading between two other defenders. So, yeah, Sonny gets my my good Freddie do. And my shitty,
0: you want me to yeah, do my shitty too? That's we've been. That's how we've been doing it all fucking here, man. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> yes. Even I don't know that. You, yeah, you, you expect me to remember something from last
0: week to this week? I like. I expect you to remember something that we've been doing it the same fucking way for thirty weeks, man. Well,
1: sometimes it just takes <laughs> oh. that extra asking. <laughs> right. Okay.
2: Who's your so shitty Freddie my, my shitty Freddy do is both center backs. Um, this kind of uh is goes back to what David said earlier, but. I thought Boxall looked like someone who had been traveling across an ocean for a lot of time and then spending some time in quarantine. I thought that's what he looked like. And this is, I know Boxall can play better. I know whether it was on a full day's rest or healthy training, regular schedule, whatever, but he, and DeBossi looked lost sometimes or lost his mark in, you know, in threatening areas. So yeah, I thought they both played horrible.
0: <clears throat> fair point. Uh Jess, do you have Freddy adus?
1: I refuse to ado okay. when I have not watched the full match.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh I have a I have a true ado. Uh Franco uh Fragapani or yeah um uh, Frank Payne. Um <clears throat> maybe he's Fragapani when he's good and he's Frank Payne when he's bad or vice versa. I can't yeah, figure it out yeah. maybe you gotta figure out what uh, that is. Frank Payne when he's good and i'm not
1: gonna be able to keep that straight I'm just um, saying he's almond cream to me <laughs>
0: uh yeah it's maybe it's Frank Payne when he's good and almond cream when he's bad or <laughs> you know, we can think of, we can, we can figure it out anyways obviously he scored the goal he was he made some had some really good attacks um also was directly responsible for like I said three or four uh, even especially in the first half I think he got a little bit better in the second half he got a little more um uh, careful with the ball but in the first half he could have easily um been the reason why Austin had scored a couple times off of, uh, off of counters. So I'm going to give it a true adieu to, uh, Franco Fragapane.
2: When we say Frank
0: pain, <laughs> is that
2: because he's causing Austin pain or is it causing Minnesota pain?
0: That's that's oh, what we, that's, yeah, that's what we need to. Uh, yeah. So that is, that's why that is Frank pain true a true friend. Maybe we should call us the Frank pain award next year. Um, okay. I have a couple of, of things. I don't know how, how much we want to discuss these, but, um, uh, J- John Marthaler, you
1: know.
0: yeah, okay. Uh, John Marthaler, who has been covering for uh, that hack Jerry ago on the uh, Strib coverage of the Minnesota United, um, who's a good dude. He p- had a tweet uh, right after I think it was after right after the game, or maybe it was the next day. Uh, the Loons have twenty points in nine games against the three Texas teams, and twenty-one points in twenty games against the rest of the MLS. That's a pretty damning
1: <laughs> if this like, sounds like a fucking word problem. and like I'm waiting to solve for what?
0: It's nothing, just, just just that we played nine games against the teams from Texas and we've got listen, 20 points.
1: The strip needs to court us, not throw our our malfunctions in our face. Okay. This is, this this is actually Pioneer Press has Andy, okay? And I'm not interested in who the strip has unless he's better than Andy. So you're not going to, you're not making any friends here. Strip poser.
0: Uh, we're trying to get John on the podcast, Jess, and he's actually a really good guy. So well,
1: <laughs> uh, John Marthaler I'm is ready not to the... corrected. I'm just saying.
2: Okay. It's not the pro golf poser that, that we dislike at the strip.
0: Right. Yeah, um, exactly. He's actually a, a good, uh, he's only fortunately, he's unfortunately he only like is part-time. So, um, they can't yeah. afford to pay him well, apparently. Anyway, so don't
1: have time for that.
0: Back to back to David's point: twenty
2: points in nine games against the three Texas teams. Twenty-one points in twenty games against the rest of the MLS. I feel like both of these numbers are too
0: low. You know what? Actually, it's you. You're, you are probably right, well, especially for the MLS ones, obviously. But like. Um, Minnesota United is, is the best team against the texas teams i think they're averaging like it's like 2.22 points per game if it, if it was just games against texas opponents minnesota united would be top of the league right now um someone broke down and, and did a did a whole table breakdown of how many points so
2: yeah we yeah. should mention that guy's uh handle on, on the pod but yeah i can't i can't wait. remember
0: i can't remember what it what, what it was if you if you go to jay uh, Marthaler um on twitter uh he, M-A-R-T-H-A-L-E-R. You can find his tweet. And then, and then this, this other tweet that we just mentioned is, is like the first reply after that. So um, I don't know. I think that's, I just, I'm not, don't want to discuss anything other than I think that's pretty hilarious and kind of uh, tracks with what we've seen against with Minnesota United this year.
1: Well, uh, it just goes to show you that, that these are my boys and they hear me on Texas. I'm just saying.
0: That's right.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, in other words, we do like to mess with Texas and uh, Loons coast to coast. At Loons, the letter C,
0: the number two, the letter C. Right on. Loons, Thanks. Loons coast yeah. to coast. Thanks, MJ. Yep. Um, the other thing that we we kind of uh, briefly touched on it last week. Um, I'm not sure if we wanted to have a, more of a discussion about it, but um, you know, Minnesota has. and This is based off of a, kind of an E pluribus unum notebook thing from like, like late last week, um, Minnesota's Oh, two and one when they're up a man, that's two points out of a possible nine. They've had 171 minutes when they've been up a man and haven't scored a goal in the last 170. If you remember, they scored a goal right after they got that red, yeah, red card in San Jose. <clears throat> and then, uh, they haven't scored a goal since then. So I was just looking at the the table and doing some back of the napkin math. If they had even just taken seven points. Uh, so, you know, two wins and a draw, Um, they'd be tied with Portland right now for fourth place and ahead of them on goal differential. If they had won all three of those games and taken all nine points, they would be in fourth place all by themselves, two points clear of the Timbers. So I bring that up to say, obviously, if we don't make the playoffs or if we finish as the seventh seed and get get our asses kicked by Sporting Kansas City or whatever um, in the first game, people are going to rightfully mention that 0-4 start as a, you know, what happens if you get, you know, if you just, draw two of those games and and win one or whatever, win one and draw one and lose the other two. I think maybe even more important is this ridiculous inability to score uh, goals when they're up a man for extended periods of time. I mean, it was 69 minutes, 69 minutes, which again, very nice uh, twice. And then 33 minutes against Colorado, where they, not not only did they not score, they gave up three goals. So I think, I think this may be, I mean, Teams go on, you know, teams go on poor runs. It, it really sucks when it's the start of the season, but I would imagine that most, I would say probably a good, I should look in this, but like probably a good third of the league has at ha- some point had an 0-4 o- run in during the season. It's just, they've already banked points. Um, going up a man and only getting two points and allowing, and allowing the teams that are uh, up a man or down a man to score more goals than you is just, is just inexcusable. And, and that comes down to the coach, which of course, Adrian Heath uh, t- completely deflected in an article that our good friend, Andy Greeter wrote, uh, I believe last week or early this week. No, it was late last week. He wrote an article about it. And of course, Adrian Heath refused to take any of the blame for, for their inability to score goals. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you anyways, have any other thoughts on that, but I just thought, I think it's it's important to point out that that's going to be a major issue um, when it comes to the fact that we could have been hosting, we could be in the driver's seat to host a playoff game uh, right now. Instead, we're fighting for our playoff lives.
1: I just don't understand. I just, it feels like, as someone who is not a super, a technical, you know, tactician, <laughs> so to speak, I just feel like logically, right? Like if you're nine v nine you should be just about even. So if you go if if the other team is is down a man like it, it it's how does it become more effort to get a goal? It's not the same amount of effort. It is it the data points to it being requiring twice as much effort even as a goal we score when we are evenly matched on the field. What in the fuck kind of shit, brain waves. Like where, how does, where does this come from? Like how could it, how are they defying the logic here?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, that's like probably a five hour podcast. (laughs) MJ, can you break it down uh, fairly quickly? Normally when a
2: team goes up a player, they're able to make short passes Mm-hmm. with each other and create two-on-ones or three-on-ones or three-on-twos, mm-hmm. then in order for the other team to get the ball back, they have to chase and press and expend a lot of energy while we, with being up-up man, can then let the ball do the work right? and just right. pass okay. the ball around. Yeah, that's and the then, logic. And then as they get more tired and more desperate,
1: mm-hmm.
2: we get the ball in more dangerous positions and are able to use our extra person to score a goal. However, seeing that so little of Adrian Heath's tactics or the loons on the pitch, the way they lude their full backs and wings when they get in the corner and they don't want to cut for them, that we have not made, I, sh- I should preface this. There are times when we make an overlapping run or someone makes a run inside while someone's making a run outside where we make a triangle and we actually are overloading an area of the opponent's defense Mm -hmm. and it looks good but Mm -hmm. most of the time we are not making cuts for our teammates for that easy pass we're making them do the long pass we're making them do a back pass and so since i haven't seen us cut for forward for a teammate most of the year why should it be any different when we go up a player
0: right yeah so think about this like instead of um having a you know if you're watching like american football um instead of like having a balance of running and passing and short passes and long passes you're just throwing hail fucking marys every single time hoping that you know someone comes down with it and can shovel the pack have a lateral to someone who's also running um vertically down the field so that it's you know if
1: you're <laughs> thinking the, the American football analogy here is going to
0: help me? I, I don't know. I wasn't sure. It might help if there's anybody I mean, else who has questions the about it.
1: I've got like the yeah. closest I have to sports analogies is is American? No. Is is football the world's game? Football, soccer.
0: Okay. So, so
1: yeah, but,
0: but it, yeah, it,
1: that was like it, solid you want hockey. I with all variables.
0: It's uh you know it's it's what MJ said basically. The team has. Like refuses to make these uh, runs when we're playing our regular eleven v eleven. Right, and then yeah, and then um,
1: that's a short pass.
0: Right. Yes. Exactly. So that's the that's the very short version of it. Um. And yeah. And the the team needs to come together. And and they you know they need to train that stuff too. And clearly, it it doesn't seem like that's happening in in on the training pitch. So. Mm -hmm. Uh. And then finally, the last little bit kind of question or, or, thought I had that I thought might be like, uh, bring some, um, hope discussion.
1: Are you going to bring hope? <laughs>
0: hope. Uh, yes. Adrian, Hunu, uh, Franco Fragapane, Emmanuel Reynolds, were uh, we're in the starting 11 for together for the first time since July 18th. Uh, mm-hmm. that's I think 15 games that they haven't been together, obviously, international duty, um, injuries, all that. So they've only mm-hmm. played 140 minutes together. So that's less than two games. Um, we saw last year, you know, the team was kind of hit and miss. And then all of a sudden towards the end of the year, they really got going and they really mm-hmm. got communicating well. So this, yep. this might be a ray of hope. If, uh, if all four of these guys can stay on the field together, they can develop that chemistry and we can, and we can make the playoffs. Right. We got to get in. Um, I don't think Minnesota United is not concerned. I don't think they're worried at this point now. I mean, they only have three with three road wins this year. So going on the road is not necessarily the greatest thing. But I also don't think they're, they're, they don't shirk off uh, that road. they don't, they don't, they don't like lose themselves on the road. Um, Generally they stay in games and you know, they keep it close. Um, So, you know, I think this team, especially if all four of these guys are playing together uh, really uh, believe that they can go on the road and and win games. It would be helpful if they didn't have to, you know, if they didn't have to obviously, but I don't think they are concerned about um, going on the road. So, that's that is a little bit of a a ray of hope. Um, If these guys can all keep playing together and and gel, like we did at the end of the season last year with Molino and Reynoso um, deciding to uh, just destroy the league for a good, like five games.
1: Yeah, that was nice. I remember that.
0: Um, Okay. All right. So thanks for indulging me in those uh, few little thoughts and and tidbits of information that I had. Uh, We have some other United news. Our, our, your boy Tyler Miller made the team of the week as the starting goalkeeper. So good on Tyler Miller. I believe that's the first time he has made the team of the week. I know Saint Clair, Dane Saint Clair, made it once or twice last year, but I don't think Tyler Miller has ever made it. He maybe he made it on the bench. Well, he was on the bench, I think, once this. Okay, year. okay. And then,
1: um, you know, what? Was... that's that. Okay, but if that's true, that's a crying fucking shame because he's been amazing this season.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean. There's some pretty good goalkeepers in MLS. Um, they better recognize. <laughs> they did this week. So good for them. Uh, and then Finally. transfer transfer rumors. Um, we are, we have been confirmed connected to a Honduran midfielder, Kevin Arriaga. Uh, he's a six foot. Confirmed uh,
1: connected. Please define your terms.
0: Yeah. C- Confirm that they have, there's been a connection that there's a link that they're, that they're talking to one another. The teams are talking to one another. Um, this is a uh, Andy Greeter was the one who, uh, who pointed this out on Twitter and then um, MLS.com picked it up. Uh, he's a six foot three, 23 year old center, central midfielder, uh, for C marathon and, uh, for the Honduras, Honduran national team. Um, he has, he's actually played, uh, he played on the, uh, I believe he put on the Olympic, um, the Olympic qualifying team that, um, back in the, wherever was it March. <clears throat> and then I think he played, he's been playing in the, the midfield for the Honduran national team, uh, during world cup qualifying. So, that is a, a, a con, you know a confirmed uh, report that uh, there's interest there, uh, and then there's rumors of another striker, and I don't know. I think this I think it's a Brazilian striker. Um, I don't know the name of the person. It's just kind of it's been out in the ether of uh, of loons, uh, loons you know Twitter and chats and things like that. Twi- so, yeah.
1: Um,
0: another striker coming in this time a Brazilian. So um, you know we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's do our loons. Pl- Sorry, go ahead, MJ. Uh,
2: Kevin Ariaga is only twenty-three years old. I mentioned that. Yeah. And <laughs> plays defensive midfielder.
0: Yep. I did not mention the defensive part. I said so I say more of a,
2: like, a central midfielder. Well, so just to get point for Jess, defensive midfielder is also called number six. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and I apologize for not listening to you while I was looking up more information about him, (laughs) but this isn't anything new on this podcast.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh,
2: What I like about this is if we can sign him, it would free either someone like a Hassani Dotson or a Will Trapp to be more of that eight attacking box to box midfielder. Um, if he's more of a stay at home, help with the defense
0: type of guy. Right, and I believe the striker that they're looking at is is would be would is is under would qualify for the the young DP spot. So it'd be really cool if they can uh, you know bring someone in for that young DP spot. DPA? young designated player.
1: Ah.
0: yeah. Um, it sounds like Young Gregus is is now not long for Minnesota United. So they do definitely need um they're definitely going to need some help in the midfield. Um, and if they can create some uh yeah like you said MJ create an opportunity for uh, Dotson and, and Trap to focus more on um, attack and, you know, being as part of the, the buildup to play and less on the, the defensive responsibilities of a midfielder, then that would be great. So.
2: I've said this all along that I want Aussie uh, to have a protege. Yeah. A, a young person he can mentor. And Duke I didn't think Dotson like was that guy. I didn't think Dotson was that guy. And I, you know, I, as, as good as trap is at that uh, defensive six role uh, he's better as an eight. So um, yeah, I would like all to see trape. him a, a young destroyer,
0: <clears throat> you know, yeah. someone he
2: can teach to whittle shibs.
0: <laughs> right on. Uh, all right. Loon's playoff magic number update. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, last week, um, both Jess and I predicted a, uh a, uh, three points down in Austin uh, MJ you predicted a loss so uh, we have so we th- 13 actual points that we've gotten since we started this this dumb exercise I am so glad I am wrong again yes uh MJ you are four four and five on four four, uh, four and five on your picks yes you're, you're six and three and right I'm and seven, wrong
1: yeah Which one's six, first?
0: Six, six six right three wrong I'm seven and two seven right and only two wrong so far so I'm uh, coming
1: we'll, for you'll see yeah
0: We'll see. This week is going to be a big one because uh, both games we all are we have all different uh, picks, so this might uh, bring bring people back to the pack. So, but uh, the magic number actually is fifteen. <clears throat> that is a uh, number of points that Minnesota United needs to get, or number of points that Vancouver Whitecaps need to drop. Um, that is literally the most amount of points that you can get right now. So, uh, and this is
2: just to qualify, right? This is yeah,
0: to, to, yeah, to qualify in seventh place. I didn't do anything for like uh, I didn't do it for the. Um, hosting a playoff spot or anything like that. We're only, we're only a a point behind um, the, the two teams that are, yeah, the two teams ahead of us to get into that fifth spot, which where we would go to Portland. Um, Mm. So it's really, it's really tight between nine to five with. uh, How
1: how much advance warning would we have if we play off in Portland? Because maybe I want to call my little brother and like do a last minute long trip.
0: Well, the season ends and then we have an international break. So there'll be about two, two weeks, 10 days.
1: So like two. Okay. Yeah. So uh, flight still might be
0: rough. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're currently in seventh place with 41 points. That's 1.441 4, points per game. Again, so we're one point above Vancouver and four points ahead of LAFC. And all teams have five matches left. Um, and actually it's funny because loons play LAFC this week uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday, then they go to Vancouver on Wednesday. So we might know our fates of whether we're going to be in the playoffs or not, um, before or by the end of the day on, on Wednesday. Um, oh, or, you don't
1: know, like it when we know early,
0: yeah, I mean, we, I know if that, we, I we I we know our spot in the playoffs, but we might know if we beat both LAFC and Vancouver, that's a, those are six point matches basically. And, uh, could lock up our, you know, could pretty much lock up our spot. Um, we do go away to the Galaxy on the seventh, which is another team that is chasing, uh, chasing that we're that we're chasing right now, um, mm. with a home match on Halloween against Sporting Sporting uh, Sporting Kansas City on the thirty first. Um, in between uh, Vancouver and the Galaxy, so ooh, spooky. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that joke. I clearly didn't land. Uh, I'm just going to move on. Um, <laughs> oh, so there's a, actually, there's a huge midweek slate uh, of games with Western Conference playoff implications. <gasps> uh, this was pointed out by Edunard uh, on Twitter. Um, so on Wednesday, Dallas uh, plays number nine LAFC at 7 p.m. We obviously play Philadelphia. We are currently in seventh place. Uh, Houston plays the LA Galaxy, who are in sixth place right now. Houston hosts LA Galaxy. And then Portland, the four seed, plays Vancouver, who are currently in eighth spot right now. So, I was doing some again. How are
1: we going to watch them all?
0: Well, I mean, if you're at the Blackheart, we probably could. Um, so get to the Blackheart. Uh, the, the Portland-Vancouver game is at nine. The other two games uh, outside: yeah, Dallas and LAFC is at seven. We're at seven, and then Houston LA Galaxy is at seven thirty. So, um, the best possible results I think for Loon's playoff uh, spot and seating would be for Dallas to beat uh, LA FC us to beat Philly, obviously uh, Houston to beat the galaxy and for Portland to lose to Vancouver. Yeah. There's Portland versus Vancouver drawing is probably, you know, ultimately the best result in terms of us uh, getting into the playoffs, but I'm looking at us possibly, you know, stealing that four seed. So if all that happens, if Dallas, us, Houston and Vancouver all win um, the seating will look like, or the standings will look like this. Portland will have 46 points. We'll have 44. Vancouver will be on 43, uh, jumping from eighth to six, and the RSL will drop from six to seventh, um, or, yeah, fifth to s- fifty seventh. Because we would we would actually jump over RSL, and the Galaxy uh, would drop to below the playoff line at 42 points, and LAFC also would be uh, at uh, 37 points. So both the LA teams would be out of the playoffs in this in this scenario, which I think is probably the best. Um, probably any thoughts
1: david, that? Don't like la yeah
2: david i don't know how many plumbing problems you have but dallas beating lafc is a fucking pipe dream
0: listen man houston just beat seattle uh in in houston <laughs> so anything is possible
2: really they, they, they are playing in dallas so yes they are um, in dallas so, so that that does bode well
0: um what uh, if, if it's if it's a portland vancouver draw and in the other two the other three teams win, Dallas, Minnesota, and Houston. Uh Portland would be go up to 47 points. We would be at 44, uh RSO at 42 and the Galaxy at 42 in 6th and 7th and Vancouver would still stay in 8th place with uh, 41 points. So if you are a Minnesota United fan and you are cheering for uh Minnesota United to potentially host a playoff game and giving us the best opportunity to do it, you are cheering for Dallas, us obviously, Houston and Vancouver uh all on um on Wednesday with the possibility if you could, I would also be fine with cheering for a draw in that Portland Vancouver game as well, because we're still in striking distance of Portland at that case. I just, and,
1: yeah. But it'd feel better if Vancouver just beat them.
0: Yeah. Um, We would actually have probably the uh, gold dif- or gold differential on Portland at that point. So if we beat, you know, if we Portland drops three more points and we pick up three, we would be in the driver's seat there. So that is what you should be rooting for. Um And uh yeah, thanks to the for, for pulling all that information. Then I just, again, I did all, I did all the, the best possible results. You stuff, did so.
1: nothing.
0: I did, I did something, so...
1: You did some right. math. I did
0: Quantum some math. Stress. I did math, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Huh. All right. Uh, MJ, you have a game for us before we take a break.
2: Uh, this is another edition of uh, Once a Loon, guess a Loon. And uh, I am will say this as a hint. Once a Loon, once an MLS Loon. Okay. So we do not have to dig into... 2013 to 2016 NASL loons here.
1: That's the only, I mean, a lot of different loons would probably qualify. Right.
2: That's, it's so, ju- It's so, just MOS though, right? Uh, standard format, David, you're guessing first. Jess, you're guessing second. I will read a clue. You both guess, okay? This doesn't have to be... Oh, make- and
1: then it gets sequentially easier. Right. Supposedly. In, you played in your 14 brain. games
2: this season, started 10.
0: What this, se- this season?
2: Yes, played fourteen games this season. Started ten.
0: Mm. David, e- Ethan Finley. Wrong.
1: Wait, wait. Once a loon, once an MLS loon.
0: Right.
2: So not a current loon, David. Wait. Just,
1: I got. I got your back here, homie. I'm...
0: But he's he's played fourteen games. This
1: season.
0: Oh, and, this season and, and Oh, this season. Oh. It started 10. Okay,
2: Darwin could for us. Okay, Darwin Hero is wrong, Jess. Okay.
1: Oh, god damn it. Um, um Howard.
2: Wrong. Uh has scored seven goals, two with his head in MLS. This season. This season. This season. David. Raheem Edwards. Wrong. Jess? Fourth chop. Wrong. I like both of those guesses though. Lost a college cup, which is the NCAA finals to Stanford 1-0. When? Not part of the clue. Yeah.
1: David? Uh... I'm having trouble placing this in space and time.
0: It's not Ismail Jom right no it's not no no
2: uh Jess
1: once so not currently but he was an MLS loon okay how about but he's not currently how about Ibarra wrong I don't know this is not getting consecutively easier.
2: Mm-hmm. Na- na- <laughs> okay.
1: These clues need to 2017 name
2: nothing. named Big Ten Freshman Team of the Year.
1: Kevin Venangas.
0: Uh, not
2: your turn, but 20- that's wrong.
0: Said it anyway. 2017 Big Ten Team of the Year. Mason Toy.
1: There you go! Ding, 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 ding. The rapist for one hundred. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: my next clue was almost played college basketball instead of college soccer, but That's, anywho,
0: what was what, what? if I was? I would have got it from that. Um, were you gonna be like, uh, Indiana Hoosiers
2: was after that? Indiana Hoosiers was after that. Okay. Uh, traded Montreal for Tam and Gam was after okay.
0: that. Okay, then yeah, that would have been that would yeah, okay. That
2: would have sealed the deal, right? <laughs> for traded sure. Montreal for Tam and, Gam. And, and after that was Thierry Henry was his favorite player.
0: Okay. I just is nodding in like in uh in disgust, I think. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have uh, a lot more uh soccer to talk about, especially a lot of women's soccer. So, we'll
1: be right back. Also, you won't
0: me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Oh, yeah. All right, and we're back. Uh, a very long break that was very funny, and, and I apologize, <laughs> I did not record any of it, but uh uh, long story short, MJ has a beverage so. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start our second half of the podcast with uh, a lot of uh, women's soccer, and we'll start off with Welcome. the gopher, with the Gopher soccer uh, Thursday night. They uh, Illinois came to town and got curb stomped by the U of M women's Choose team. Or should I should say the U of M uh, soccer team uh, to the tune of uh, five to nothing. I watched this game, but MJ actually has some notes. So MJ, take it away.
2: Well, first, uh, bearing the lead again, the Gopher soccer gal this week, the irksome Illinois ilk. You know, and they play Illinois on Thursday and then Northwestern on Sunday. So both Illinois teams in the Big Ten. Uh, Kenna Beisman got a brace. There was one where she just ran at the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper was really bad with her feet. And so it went off her – the goalkeeper tried to pass the ball out of the box, and it went off. Beisman's legs and into the net.
0: Well, it was so, like, yeah, it was like her, like her, like chest though. I thought it wasn't. Well, like, I, I thought it.
2: Were, I thought it was. No, it was like half, off of the like, chest, but,
0: face area. Yeah, no, that was that was. And then there was another one that was well, like that. I think the other one, she stole the ball from a
2: fullback, cut in, beat both center backs, and then beat the goalkeeper near post. Yeah. So that was more a little bit more legitimate little more like the Kenneth Eisenhower we're used to seeing. Uh, Kenzie Langdock with just a banger. And let me say, when you convert a striker to a fullback, this is what can happen. They're not afraid to shoot from anywhere. Right. And this is a senior that we will sorely miss next year, made captain for a reason, makes really good decisions, great vision, everything you want to see in a fullback, because they actually like play well on both sides of the ball, rather than just on one side of the ball. But, yeah, she just nailed that. And uh, if you watch any goal from that game, you should watch that one. Um, Then Rylan Baker, with just a chaotic, crowded mess in the box, gets a piece of her body, something on it. She just is so good at causing chaos and uh, being good close to goal. She gets a put-back goal, and we're up 4-0 in the end of the first half.
0: MJ Ryland Baker goes by he him. I apologize. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that, that that was a that was a chaotic, chaotic goal. There, there's the goalie made two saves there. I think they hit a post once and uh, uh, and then yeah, when Ryland Baker just uh, just standing there, just just fucking whacked away at it and put it right in the back of the net.
2: So good in those situations. Um in the second half, uh, they sub out. Kenzie Langdock, because why not? The thunderous applause. Um, Freshman, right fullback, Ainsley Connor comes in, and then she gets her first goal of her Gopher career. So Minnesota wins 5-0. I brought Jason Forty, shout out to Jason Forty, his second Gopher game, and then uh, Patreon of the pod, Eric Grady and his Fred Dave, their first time at a Gopher soccer game. And they loved it they nice. all had fun so um yeah and shout out to uh uh matt Prabatsky, who gave us some pre-game beers because since this was on big 10 network uh he had no booth responsibilities
0: oh nice excellent so like, like <clears throat> the
2: big the big 10 network people were saying, i said well they don't know the they don't know the names of the players and like have seen all the games and know what they can do like you do it's like yeah, but they're Big Ten
0: Network guys, and they'll do fine. I was like, okay. They actually, uh, so again, I watched this game on the Big Ten Network, and they actually did a pretty good job um, cool. with everything. <clears throat> they were very smitten with um, with the uh, the coach uh, uh, Chastain, her Minnesota accent. They thought that was the most hilarious thing, oh, was, thing ever. Oh, sure. yeah. So they were very excited about that, and they interviewed. Uh, um, now, what? Am, I'm like, why am I blanking on her first name? Aaron? The coach, Aaron, Aaron Chastain. They uh, um, they definitely either interviewed, they took the, as much as they could, they interviewed her twice. They're very keen on the uh, coming back to Minnesota story. So, yeah, they got a lot of play. They were very complimentary of the Minnesota team. So, that was great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you bet. And then Sunday afternoon, as you mentioned, Minnesota was away this time uh, at Northwestern and they eked out a 1 nothing win.
2: The, the goal, one goal came from Sophia Bowman with a really great uh, attacking dribble. Um, kind of fakes outside, cuts in middle, and opens up Weisman on the outside. Weisman then from the corner does this shots that we've talked about, right? Kind of a shot, kind of a cross. And goalkeeper makes a save, but the rebound goes weak side. If you know anything about goalkeeping, you want to catch the ball or send it strong side where your defense is already looking. They're already fronted and, and facing that way. Sends a weak side. Well, no one's over there except, uh, who again? Mackenzie Langdock, that uh, right fullback that gets forward and used to be a striker. Yeah. So she buries it. Uh, Now that's uh, two goals in two games. And for the first time, which is kind of surprising considering how successful they've been this year, but Minnesota Gophers are on a two-game winning streak for the first time this
0: season. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so how do the big 10 standings look right now? And is, is it the top 10 make the playoffs? Uh, the top eight, top eight, make the okay, big,
2: make the big 10. Um, and, uh, Jess, just, you know, <laughs> the, 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 big 10 now has 14 teams because that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's called cause,
1: cause math is hard.
2: Yeah. Math is hard. And why should I Ten agree wholeheartedly? I'm a, so
1: I'm a word eight, eight out of the
2: 14 teams make the big 10 playoffs right now in spots 1 through 5 Rutgers at 8 and 0 in the conference their RPI is number 4 right after all Florida State and North Carolina the big ACC teams um so they're number 4 uh Purdue at 6 and 2 is second then it comes Michigan Michigan State and in Indiana so that's the top 5 but tied for 6 through 8 Iowa Minnesota and Penn State Penn State who I believe Minnesota has the tiebreaker on because they beat Penn state for the first time in a long time. Uh, and uh, so they're all tied at four wins, four losses in the big 10. Wisconsin with a horrendous loss in Lincoln, Nebraska, this weekend drops to ninth place. Um, sorry, not sorry, Rose Lavelle. <clears throat> and so the last two regular season games um, pretty important. Uh, against iowa we're uh this thursday october 21st 7 p.m they're at iowa um whom like i just said they're tied with in the big 10 standings and then uh sunday october 24th 1 p.m home versus nebraska i do not care if your favorite nfl team is playing at that time if you're listening to this podcast you obviously like soccer come out and watch
0: Very good. Yeah. That's Elizabeth, it's Elizabeth Robbie stadium. So um, that's just right up uh, that Larpender in Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. So right there Um, they are. I I will say, I, am not sure I'll I'll be able to make it to that game. So I have an ultimate Frisbee game that right right around that time, but uh, they are really fun. And uh, yeah, that could be a game that determines whether they make the playoffs or not. So it could be hugely, hugely important or potentially even, you know, um, you know, uh, fifth or fourth or fifth, I don't know what Michigan and, Michigan State and Indiana's records are so
2: it's kind of like your your pipe dream for the all the midweek games and MLS this week. If everything goes right, like if Penn we actually want Penn State, who's close with us to win all their games, if we can win all of our games because we own the tiebreaker on them.
0: Okay, perfect. So like
2: there, there is a chance we could get top four and 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 host a Big Ten playoff game. There is also a chance, whether or not we host or not if we do well in the Big Ten tournament. That we get a call for the for the NCAA national tournament. That's it is true. a long shot. Yeah. Um, and like I've said uh, in previous weeks, I'm much more excited to see what Aaron Chastain does in the second year of this program, building on the junior sophomores and freshmen in this structure and in the system that she's designed for the club. I'm really, really excited.
0: Yeah, for sure. So cool. Um, all right, let's jump into uh MN Woso. Uh, more women's is- soccer. More women's soccer. This is the Minnesota uh, W uh, or the yeah um, USL W team. Uh, they'll be starting to play next year. Uh, they sent an email today, uh, basically thanking everybody for voting in the naming process the last couple of weeks. Um, they picked uh, a handful of des- uh, lists of names um, and they handed those off to the designers. They're not saying how many uh, they picked, um, but they I'm sure you know they picked the top ones <clears throat> and they're going to drop designs for those, uh, those top vote-getters. And then on November 22nd, they're going to host a live event uh, where they're going to reveal the finalist designs and then talk through them with people. Uh, and then all the investors who have their investments completed by October 27th will be able to vote on the final brand, uh, final brand concept. So if you haven't gotten your chance, or if you haven't bought your shares uh, at MNWOSO yet, please do. Do that before the 27th and you'll get a chance to vote on the team name and uh, the design and everything. So super cool. Um, they also I believe is on Twitter, <clears throat> maybe on Instagram too, but they're giving away a, a pair of tickets to the US women's national team match, which will be here next week. Um, go find them on Twitter and Instagram and uh, figure out what you need to do for that post. So all right, uh and finally in uh Woso, uh, NWSL um made good news this week. Uh they named Marla Messing, uh their interim CEO, um, today. So MJ, uh, tell us a little bit more about Marla Messing.
2: Well, as we know, Lisa Baird stepped down from being uh, CEO of NWSL amidst all the turmoil. Uh, Marla Messing, named interim CCO, has a very, very impressive resume. Uh, Executive Vice President of the 1994 Men's World Cup held in the United States. And then the President and CEO of the 1999 Women's World Cup held. Where, David? In
0: 1999? That was here.
2: Yeah, that was also the United States. (laughs) So, uh, recently a full-time consultant for LAFC and FC Barcelona was also the vice president and executive director for Los Angeles and their bid for the, either, either the 2024, 2028 Summer Olympics. So, uh, well known in being a sports executive, uh, impressive resume, uh, is involved with no less than two documentaries on the 1999 world cup one that netflix just got the rights to another one that's an hbo docu- documentary called uh, dare to dream so um excited for the netflix one to come out but yeah she's she's involved with women's soccer uh she knows the landscape uh i will say that the quote from the usa today that was also carried on yahoo sports uh, i want to commend the bravery and strength of each and every player in the league to demand the change that should be at the core of every organization. Gaining the trust of our players and uniting players and owners is central to my approach so that we can most effectively create systematic change. It's saying all the right things. It's, it's corporate ease and it's saying all the right things. I I am, I'm hopeful, but I'm also, uh, how should we put this like cautiously hopeful, you know, yeah. Um, so like you're saying all the right things now. Let's see if that systematic change happens under your tenure. And I'm cheering. I hope it happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, she's clearly super qualified. And uh, and I yeah. don't know
1: why anyone would take this job.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Good question. <laughs> um, I,
1: mean, as it, I mean, if I zoom out for a moment, like what the fuck kind of person jumps in like, do you think they're paying her a lot because they want her street cred? Uh,
0: I would imagine like that what's
1: in it for her.
0: You know, I, I, I don't know. She's clearly has, has been involved in soccer, been involved in women's soccer. Um, So clearly she cares about soccer. And then I don't know if you care about it. And, you know, I guess if the, and the price is right, um, you know, you want to help fix something that is maybe, Hopefully not completely broken. Um, I, but you know, is is very, very, very damaged. Um, it's a it's a tough it's a tough task, and you know you you got You got. I'm I'm hoping that she's going into it, and I assume she's going into it eyes wide open with with what she has to do. And that there might be a lot of house cleaning. And she isn't. An she is the interim CEO, right? So she's not. It's possible that she's doing this sort of as as a audition, um, an audition, an audition for, yeah, as a favor. Number one um or as an audition for the main gig yeah it's also possible that she's coming in because they know they need to clean house and she'll Mm -hmm. be and she has no um outside of you know obviously being heavily involved with the 1999 women's world cup um with the the group of owners that own teams in the league right now that she may not have a ton of um allegiance to any of them so she knows Mm -hmm. that she needs to go in and clean house they have someone who is not going to be you know you're not they don't have to worry about sort of uh any sort of pre um and I'm sure these people all know each other because these people on these boardrooms all know each other, but maybe right. not maybe not maybe she doesn't consider them friends or 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 not, so that if there is some housekeeping that needs to happen, she's in a much better position to do it.
2: the The appearance is that uh, she's the Clint Eastwood riding into town on on her horse, and she is an unbiased, independent person who can, you know get uh, the bad guys. So uh, yeah. That's that's the image that I think they're going for. Um, I like the choice. Um, Jess, you probably don't know this, but after that uh, 1999 Women's World Cup in the United States, soccer, girls' soccer and women's soccer was so huge in the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, they launched a women's pro league called WUSA. That mm-hmm. faltered, How
1: many of them were molested?
2: Well, that faltered for mostly financial reasons, but... Then that we, we know of, who came are along. they
1: paying
2: off? I'm just, women's professional I'm just... soccer WPS came along and that did have um, assault and uh, just misogynistic and tons of other and financial difficulty. And so, you know, this is kind of the third shot at having a US based women's pro league. Uh, and I hope they don't have to create a fourth. Like, I don't, I hope <sighs> they don't have to throw the baby out with the bath and just, you know, scrap everything with the w, uh, NWSL and build a fourth women's league here. No, or, not. or send everyone to play in Sweden, Finland, Germany, and, and England. Um, if I
1: were a player today, that's exactly what I'd be doing. And if, and if I were not a player, if I were in management, I would be finding allies to do to do another league
0: yeah so we'll see it's a <clears throat> i think is gonna be a long process That that's definitely
2: a possibility too jess that that, yeah. that that we just have to scrap this and start over but
1: cleaner.
0: yeah all right uh on a more lighter subject um how did uh dave Hashtag Dave bets MLS do this weekend. How did I, you do this weekend? I tell you what, guys, I've been on a fucking heater the last two weeks. Yeah, uh,
1: you only bring up this. T- this is only a segment when you're on a heater. Yeah. We've noticed. Uh, Hashtag no, we I, noticed.
0: I know. I po- hey, I post, I post <laughs> the results every week on Twitter, um, whether I do good or bad. Uh, yeah,
1: but that only gets a segment during the pod if I'll you're just, doing well. I'll
0: just throw this out there that uh, over the last two weeks, I'm up uh, over $1,600 which means I'm in the black for the year, right? This is betting on MLS, betting every single game or almost every single game. Cause I've, there's been a few where I've totally forgot that there was like a 12 PM kickoff, um, a hundred dollars in the black, $535 this year, which basically if you can break even betting MLS, you're a goddamn genius as far as I'm concerned. And really? I consider myself, yeah, this league is so fucking hard to bet. Um, and to like win at, um, clearly the, uh, not to make light of the sporting Kansas city player that, um, was, uh, suspended or stepped down, <laughs> stepped away from the, the league or the team because he was betting on MLS and, uh, was going to get his knees capped off by, uh, by his bookie. Um, so not to make too much light of it, but I'm, if you've been betting my, if you've been betting all of my picks all year, you would actually be up $535 right now. So there you go.
1: Dude, how much would I have spent on anxiety medication though? I mean, depends on,
0: Like, see some people like, some people like, I enjoy a good uh, uh, sports gambling bet because there's lots of it's last three hours or two hours or whatever, especially in soccer, two hours, uh, gives me oh, a yeah, that's way
1: longer than your, your hand of blackjack is. going yeah.
0: it gives me, it gives me a, uh, gives me a rooting interest in games I don't really care about for the most part. Um, so anyways, uh, don't bet kids. Um, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible idea, but if you are going to bet, um, follow me on Twitter because uh, I'm pretty goddamn good at it. So. <laughs>
1: Speaking of betting, Only the weeks that he's made it a segment,
0: I posted every single goddamn week before the game start. And then my results, the I want to hear
2: you come on the pod and say, I had a shitty week and I lost a lot of money.
0: I believe, I believe I have said that before on the podcast. It's been a while. Yeah, have, so. yeah, maybe, yeah.
1: but I don't know why.
2: Um Well, speaking of betting, David uh, tactical, smack, uh, Let's bet this. Mm
0: hmm. Um, Philadelphia Union on Wednesday. Um, Minnesota is the favorite at plus 100. Uh, Phil is at plus 250, and a draw is at plus 250. I will say, Philly haven't lost since September 3rd. In that time, uh, they've had a win, a win, a draw, two wins, and then a draw. They drew last week against Montreal, the aforementioned Montreal, um, with an opportunity. If they had won that game, they would have gotten to a tie for second place. With Nashville in the Eastern Conference, so they drop points there. Um, late, they drop points late actually too. Um, so there, the problem is is that Philly may rotate in this game because they play Nashville at home uh, next weekend. Um, so again, they trail by two points for second place. So we'll talk about some players. We'll talk about the the coach, um, but you might not see some of these players because there might be a little bit of a rotation. Um, for are for we this hoping match.
1: for a rotation?
0: I think we are. I think we're hoping that Philly comes in and really just wants to get a draw. Uh, Nashville, I believe, um, they have an easy game, they're at home uh, on Wednesday as well, so they're two points on uh, ahead of Philadelphia. And, um, they will be playing. Sorry, I'm pulling up my, my spreadsheet right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at home against Columbus who has not been great, but actually has been um, pretty good as of late. They're, they're making a run to try and get back in the playoff, uh, playoff picture. So I think Philly's going to come in here with a, doing a little bit of rotation and hope that they can get a draw. Uh, the, the problem is that this uh, Philadelphia team is really, really young, and they play a lot of their young kids pretty regularly. Um, MJ, did you want to talk a little bit about Jim Curtin? You
2: no, know, he uh, – in his playing days, played for the Chicago Fire – and uh, they were a lot better back then. Um, he also mm-hmm. spent some time playing for that uh, wonderful team that we know as Chivas USA. Um, he was named an assistant uh, coach at, at Philadelphia union and, and got this, this, the starting the, or the head coach job based off of his success as an assistant. And he's done really, really well with the club. Uh, I don't remember who's, at fifty-five, one proposed like coaching swaps. If we could swap Adrian Heath for Jim Curtin, I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, so uh, he actually likes to play possession. He actually encourages players to cut forward for each other and create those short passes that I would like to see us do more of.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and they have the, the players to do it um, with uh, starting with Casper Prisbelko up top. Uh, big forward um, scores a lot of their goals. They have Paxton Aronson, and that name might sound familiar because his brother Brendan Aronson uh, plays for RB Leipzig. Uh, formerly played for the Philadelphia Union. Came up, uh, him and his brother um, both came up through the academy. Paxton, Brendan's 22, I believe, and then Paxton is 18. He's an attacking midfielder. Alejandro Bedoya, uh, another name that might sound familiar if you are a US Men's National Team fan, hasn't been in the in the team, uh, the national team picture for a while. But uh, he is a he just does pretty much all the work for Philadelphia. Their lone DP uh, midfielder, Hamero uh, Montero. Um, mentioned him just because he is the lone he's the lone DP. But he often starts in that uh, midfield with with Bedoya. And uh, I'll point out Leon Flock, uh, who is a defensive midfielder. He's only twenty. He's a former FC St. Pauli player. He played. Uh, he didn't play much for the first team at FC St. Pauli. Um, he played for their U-17, U-19 teams. Uh, he got He's gotten caps for both the U.S. Uh, and German youth national teams. But yeah, he's a defensive midfielder who's only 20 years old. And um, Brown. he's actually getting, uh, he's actually getting some, some people are starting to talk about maybe having him come in um, because we don't have a, you know, we have uh, Kellen Acosta and uh, Tyler Adams. And if Tyler Adams goes down, um, people are, you know, they, we need another, a defensive midfielder in the U S national team. So people are, are starting to talk up the flock for that. And then the other two um, they're big boys. They're big center backs, Jack Elliott and Jacob uh, Glesnes. Um, One of the things that Philadelphia does really well is they defend really well. And they defend set pieces really well, um, which is uh, which is good because they are, they play very, very narrow. And so they allow a lot of um, wing play, which I'm not sure will bode well with Minnesota and, and Adrian Heath's, decision to keep you know no may and chase gasper home last week unless that was maybe a a tactical decision with austin so uh yeah mj uh
2: yakub is fucking incredible and might get goal of the year this year if i if i'm remembering correctly he he had a scorcher from from long distance i don't Uh, remember that but
0: uh and then finally i'll mention if you can't talk about philly and not mention andre blake Now he didn't play last week. Um, He, uh, during he plays for Jamaica, uh, the Jamaican national team, you know, arguably sometimes uh, every year, Andre Blake is, is one of the better goalkeepers in MLS, if not the best goalkeeper in MLS. Um, He pulled up uh, injured in one of their qualifiers and was stopped taking goal kicks um, towards the end of the qualifying window. And then he was held out from the, for the Montreal game last weekend. So, I haven't heard. you know, I was looking around for news on whether he was going to be on the injury report, um, have not heard anything yet. So it's very likely we might see Matt freeze who is uh, their goalkeepers played the last couple of games when Andre Blake was on international duty. And then again, last weekend when Andre Blake was hurt, um, he is a young Academy uh, goalkeeper. So which 23 means, years old. Yeah. 23 years old, which means Minnesota United should be just taking shots at the kid. So, um, you know, Minnesota, so Philly, like I said, they play, um, they like to play narrow, uh, what we want to do in, which actually I think bodes well for um, Minnesota, if they can actually do it uh, is pass into the space of the six uh, play centrally sort of two V one. So they want to, they want to, we want to um, attack Leon flock and um, create sort of those triangles that MJ was talking about uh, earlier. Please for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, and then spray it out for crosses, which means again, might needs to get, needs to get his ass down the uh, the right-hand side. And, you know, we need to get our um, uh, players onto, onto crosses.
2: You're you're actually encouraging Minnesota United to cross the
0: ball more? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, against this team? Okay. Yeah, Philly is good in the air. I mean, considering the fact that we, we can't do anything. I mean, unless they're willing to, unless they're willing to actually commit to the game plan of short passes and connecting those, those triangles and doing the work on, you know, like I making the ball do the work. The big thing, I think, specifically for Minnesota in this game, especially since I think Philly is going to rotate a little bit. I don't think I'm I'm guessing with a big game midweek or at the weekend, we're not going to see Andre, but like, even if he is healthy, um, I could definitely see them rotating a bunch of their Academy kids. in. they do have a really good Academy. Um, It's been, it's probably one of the better ones at this point. It's them and FC Dallas. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me if they rotate in a a few kids is what Minnesota needs to do um, is avoid unnecessary fouls and free kicks in dangerous areas because Glesnace and Jack Elliott are fucking giants who can um, head balls. And so really Minnesota needs to avoid doing that. And I think all the, if they do all that, I think Minnesota can win this game and win this game pretty easily. some something like two, nothing or three to one. Um, that is my prediction. MJ. Yes. What do you got for prediction or anything else to add on, on how we should play them? Um, I, I
2: predicted that we would lose this game uh, initially way back in the, in the uh, magic number predictions.
0: I won't behold you that if you think we can win it now, but we we'll, will keep your, you'll keep your prediction in the prediction thing. But yeah, if you want to change your prediction, go ahead. No, I,
2: the, even if they, even if they rotate their squad and they play the young kids, I like the Philadelphia union in, the, in this, uh, okay. in this game. And um, I don't have a hundred dollars to bet, but that, <laughs> That uh, plus 250 for Philadelphia looks really juicy to me. Yeah. Um, And and that might be the dumb play because we're at home and, uh, you know, it's a midweek game. But uh, here's the thing. the Going back to – give me a moment to pull up the calendar. The Colorado game that we lost, this will be the third game of five where we have five games – in 17, 18 days, five games in 18 days. This is the third game. If I like, and we know Heath doesn't know how to rotate a squad, Jim Curtin knows how to <laughs> rotate, rotate a squad. And and so that's the, my reasoning. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we, we're at home, we have home field advantage, and our more experienced players just take it to them. <laughs> You know, I, I, I would love to see us score two to three goals or more and get a get a very, very comfortable win um, against Philadelphia. But I'm I'm predicting a loss.
1: Speaking of home field advantage, air quotes, air quotes, bunny ears. We spoke on the pod about, last week and the week before, about the um, lack of a um, negative test or vaccine mandate, right? And we talked about lack of capos on the stands, and we talked about, you know, um, the perceived lack of atmosphere with Andy. And so, before I predict, I feel like I have to get, I mean, what is the heartbeat of that issue at the moment? Um, clearly or maybe not so clearly. I mean, I haven't heard anything about any further conversation on the matter.
0: Yeah, there's still um there's still no mandate. So there still will not be capos and there will still there'll be a lot of people who will not be going to the game. So I think the atmosphere that you if you were at the game on last week, will be even worse because it's a midweek game. Those games mm-hmm. are always more, it's sparsely, always worse. more yeah. sparsely attended, and so I think, especially doubly so, without having capos to lead things. Um, um, I think, it, yeah, the atmosphere could be, yeah, could be a heck of a lot worse than it was even on uh, last Sunday.
1: So, All right. Well, so that being said, which is. Kind of what I thought, but I haven't been keeping my finger on the pulse of this issue. Um, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if if they bring out the young kids, and we get our asses handed to us.
0: All right, well, you predicted a draw in the in the predictor at the when we started that and thing. The, so and
1: that's helpful Like Philadelphia is good.
0: Yep, they are very good. So, you know, it'd be weird if this is the game that uh, that Inchi decides to uh, rotate and brings up, like... <clears throat> and
1: Patrick, brings out some fucking bring, genius? That brings, back Pat, brings
0: back Patrick, Patrick Way to start up top and, and Juan, Juan agadello and runs a 4 through 3 with, like, Way Agadello and... Uh, um, Nico Hansen? Well, not even Nico Hansen. Um,
1: and I...
0: The uh, why am I blinking?
1: Anyways, yeah, this way before pipe dream,
0: yeah. Uh, all right, yes, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) LAFC on Saturday, uh, this is a very big game. Obviously, there's no line yet because there's a bunch of games on Wednesday, but they drew the galaxy last week, uh, and then beat San Jose on the weekend. They are away to FC Dallas on Wednesday, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast. So they have a game, uh, two games away this week, um, FC Dallas on Wednesday and then us on uh, Saturday. Their last five, uh, they've, you know, three losses, a draw and a win. Um, Again, the win is the most recent thing where they beat San Jose. Uh, This isn't your dad's LAFC, uh, which is a a funny joke because they've been in the league for 3 years. Um Bob Brett So this isn't Chivas? <laughs> this is yeah, yeah, isn't your dad's Chivas. Um maybe it is your dad's Chivas because they don't have uh half the players that you probably remember being on LAFC. If you <laughs> think of a guy who was on LAFC, he's probably not on LAFC anymore. Like
1: earlier this season?
0: Yeah. Um what? They like had
1: a this. exodus.
0: No, well, they they sent a couple guys. They sent uh, Diego Rossi out on loan. Um they've yeah, they, before the season started. Diego Rossi is Doing well for Fenerbahce
2: right Fenerbahce, now. Fenerbahce,
0: yeah. Uh, oh. Bob Bradley is still the coach, which is, uh, you know, always I bet he's much better than Adrian Heath. Hey, so.
2: Stay tuned next week for our my bald off between him and Gio
0: Salvaresi. <laughs> there you go. A balled
1: uh, off. Who is Carl- Carlos- better?
0: Carlos Vela, I believe, is still out and will be out for this game. Although there's, you know, there's a distinct possibility he might be in the lineup, but I, I sincerely doubt it. Uh, in his place. I
1: don't like him.
0: You don't like Carlos Vela?
1: I don't think so. Yeah, he's really, not? Good at, he's,
0: really, he's really good at soccer, so. Yeah, um, probably
1: not. That's probably uh, my problem.
0: In his place, uh, Chiho Arang- Arango, um, who's been just absolutely lights out since he came to the league. I believe he has What eight. do you
1: mean lights out? Like he's passed out?
0: No, like he's just been really fucking good.
1: <laughs> oh, he's uh, been lights out, like, so cool he got to wear yeah, shade.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: When they say, you know, MJ, you have a light out in, in the attic. That's not what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah. Arango had a, uh, a brace and an assist last weekend. So he's contributed to all three goals that uh, LAFC scored. Um, he is, uh, I think he's got eight goals and like three assists already on the season. And he only came in, in uh, like August. So he's been, he's only played about eight or nine games. Um, and it's just been absolutely um, crazy with Carlos Vela out. Got to mention Latif Blessing, who has been around for LAFC for a long time and, and, Likes to score, screw with the loons, and then we have a uh, loons legend, Rahim Edwards. Got the start last oh! week. He'll be back.
1: Oh. Um, the last time these Where two teams
0: t- yeah, the last two, te- the last time, uh, last time these two teams played, uh, he was very, very jazzed up to play against Adrian Heath. So I think he felt slighted by Adrian Heath letting him go. Uh, uh-huh. I'll mention Brian Rodriguez, who is a young DP. He uh, uh, is really good. And then... Um, the yeah, how many yeah.
1: times have we said DP this episode? I feel like it's... I i don't... I've never noticed how often this is a term that we use. Yeah. It's not a term that I use that often, so... <laughs> well, yeah.
2: uh, I don't a your former co-host once said, David, whatever you do, don't go to the internet and Google DP.
0: Yes. Please don't.
1: Yeah. Unless well, you really I, want to. I, you. know, I know better than that. Yeah.
0: And then... Um, uh, MJ, um, Kim Moon-Hwan, what do you tell us about this South Korean player? Uh, 20- oh, what, like
1: he knows all the South Koreans? He does. 26 years
2: old, uh, comes in from Busan Epoch, um, which is the least of the three uh, Hyundai-sponsored teams in, in South Korea. They picked this guy up, amazing right fullback, can also play defensive mid, uh, for a right back, 15 games, one goal uh, fits into that Bob Bradley style uh, kind of passing possession type of game. So uh, like a lot of the Korean national players that grew up with Dutch coaches or Korean coaches that were apprentices of Dutch coaches, so like he's used to playing that pass and move type of style. Um, that fits into Bob Bradley's system really well. Um, and just a shout out to my friends that don't listen to this podcast, but that are on this really cool support force group called the TSG for LAFC. Uh, it is, it is the tigers supporters group. Uh, one of the nicknames for the Korean men's national team is the tigers of Asia. And, um, I'm not going to translate that into Korean, but, uh, uh, so they create the Tiger Supporters Group. They're all fucking Koreans. There's a the Korean supporters group of LAFC. It's um, awesome. I really? would like to someday have, you know, a Korean supporters group. shirt
1: exchange.
2: We go to Mirror Korea, you know, just north of Allianz and then march from, from Mirror Korea down, down to Allianz. Um, you know, I, I would love to have that big of a Korean supporters group in Minnesota. But I don't know if you notice this, we have never brought an Asian, an East Asian player onto Minnesota United. Um, I, I and, this and, actually, and Minnesota United's engagement with the East Asian immigrant community or the East Asian adoptee community for that matter has been really, really sucky. So,
0: well, to be fair, their engagement with any uh, ethnic group that's not uh, white people, <clears throat> um, Who are anti vaxxers has been really, really poor. So, um, he's he's the hype, but you, yeah, but you are, but you are absolutely correct. They definitely need to do better. And, uh, and you're right, in yeah, it's, um, and yeah, he is really good. So, I that's why I deferred to you. Uh, and yes, MJ does know most of the Korean players in MLS, so that's why
1: because I can and I like it.
0: Uh, okay, so I mean, I don't know if you change up your game plan too much against uh, LAFC, this is, I, they don't need to, I don't think you need to be concerned or worried about this LAFC team. I oh, think thank can, God! I think you can play your, your general game plan, the formation that he like, th- he likes to run out. Um, you know, again, it'll be a second game in a week. So we'll see what kind of rotation he does on Wednesday. If he does any rotation. Um, and then, you know, what kind of lineup he runs out. If he, if he's able to run out the same, the same top four, I mean, <clears throat>
1: It all really just depends your, on who's injured.
0: Yeah, to your point, MJ, this, this would be a, you know, the Philly game is actually probably a great opportunity to put out Nico Hansen, um, to put out some players. Yes. Ethan yes. Finley, start Ethan Finley for, for you know, for Lude, um, Nico Hansen for Fragapane. You could start bring in, you. Yeah, you could bring in Lude. And um, I know you're, I know we just talked about we want them to get some cohesion together. The problem is, is there's only three weeks left in the season and we have five games left to play. So. <laughs> There's not a ton of time for them to get the co- to, to get the cohesion, so it's we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, and to be fair, a lot of these guys have been injured. Fragapane and and Reynoso have been injured, so they don't have as much um, as much. Ty- you know, they still have a lot of more tread on their tires, and we do have Finley. And again, Lude hasn't. Um, you know, been he's been hurt as well, and he's been on international duty and, and not starting every game. But we'll rest, see. Rest
2: Ozzy start Dotson and gray you should...
0: I think <laughs> I, I think Ozzie, I think yeah. Or or uh, Dotson and Trap, I guess, would be the other one because Trap has been I mean, out for the last two games. But yeah, I think the, I don't think Young Gregor should see in the field, honestly, man. So I don't know why, but I don't think he's see in the field. So give he, him a think, shot. Give him a, a
2: shot against against Philadelphia.
0: I think he uh, he must have seen uh, taking naked pictures of Adrian Heath's wife or something because he's definitely in the doghouse. So yeah, well,
2: to me, that's yeah. black that's blackmail for him getting a starting spot back. But you know, whatever.
0: Um, okay, so. Originally, I predicted this as a Minnesota United loss. Um, I'm going to keep that for the predictions, but I think actually that this is a four-point week for Minnesota and that this is a uh, this is a draw. MJ? Wow.
2: Um, I originally picked this as a win. Um, I'm going to stick with that. We play better on the weekends than we do midweek. Um, and even though uh, a full-strength Philadelphia team to me, would be less impressive than a full strength LAFC team. I don't think it's going to be a full strength either team. So we'll 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 see what happens. Uh, it, it'll be tough. Both of these next two games are against tough opponents. We need wins, but uh, yeah, I actually like them better against LAFC for a win. So I say they win. Uh, let's say two one.
0: All right, Jeff. Yes.
1: Okay. So it appears that I had predicted a draw against Philly and a draw.
0: You did, against yeah.
1: LAFC. And I stuck with my draw against Philly. That still feels good. But in terms of LAFC, now I'm feeling I'm feeling more of a win.
2: I convinced Ooh. you, huh?
1: I mean, I don't know. I wasn't listening.
2: Join the bandwagon.
1: But I feel like looking at, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Cool. I mean, right. let the record show. I predicted a LAFC draw, but I am feeling rather forgiving and optimistic. I don't know why. This will certainly teach me my lesson.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, cool. All right. All right, very quickly, uh US US men's national team, World Cup qualifying. Uh USA two, Costa Rica one, Dest with an absolute banger. And did you guys see that he scored that goal with his weak foot, his left uh his left foot, and with his laces untied?
1: No. Oh, yeah. Laces out.
2: I, I, I did see that he scored it with his left foot.
0: Yeah, he cut inside, uh, just got he had a ton of space, much like So cut inside, put it on his left foot, which is his weak foot. Um His lace and you could you did not I didn't notice it right away. Then I read Grant Wall's story about it. So then I went back and watched the replay, and you can definitely see the laces like flopping up and down as he's like running, and then as he kicks the ball, just absolutely hit the shit out of it.
1: Socially Um, irresponsible, if you ask me. Safety first. What the fuck?
0: Very much so. Uh, and then in the second half, uh, I, f- I, forgot to mention Costa Rica scored in the first minute of this game. Um, the TIFO wasn't even down <laughs> in Columbus and Costa Rica put one in the back of the net off of a, uh, I'll say, I'll say, uh, Sergino Dest was probably at fault for that goal too. Cause he kept the, the player on side, uh, and Zach Stefan had a, um, kind of had a, a pretty poor read on it. um, <clears throat> but then about 28 minutes later, this is when death scored. And then the, uh, I think the 65th or 66 minute, uh, Tim way hit a, a weird angled shot that sort of bounced off the back of the goalkeeper who was in the first half, Kaylor Navas. Uh, and then the second half, he came off with like an abductor strain or something. And their backup goalkeeper, Marrera was in, 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 uh, in nets. And that was considered an own goal. Cause it, went it did kind of go off the back of Marrera, but, um, it was a, Ridiculous angle by Tim Weah, uh, or Yeah, Tim Weah. And um, I thought it should have counted for him, but, you know, whatever. 2-1, USA gets the job done. They,
2: they end this October international break with six points. Uh, I wanted seven. I yeah. thought nine was unreasonable. And anyone who was saying that uh, Berhalter should be fired for not getting nine points this time, I thought was being an ideologue. But... Good I wanted 7 points. I wanted 7 points. They got 6 and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. So they're, they're in
2: second place behind Mexico
0: with 11 um, points and they play Mexico on uh, the next window, so at home. The the next window
2: Mexico plays US away and then Mexico plays Canada away in in Canada. Right. Those are going to be tough fucking games. Yep. So uh come on USA, come on Canada. Yeah, take Mexico down a notch.
0: Canada already played uh, Mexico to a draw down in the Azteca uh, in the September window. So, um, yeah. Do you know what else Canada did? They played fucking U.S. to a draw in the United States. (laughs) They did. They did. Fuck them. Um, England uh, was handed a two-game stadium ban after uh, all the shit that went down at the Euro 2020 final at Wembley. Um, One of those games was suspended for two years. They were also fined $116,000. The ban will be served at the next Nations League match, which is in 2022, because that is the UEFA-sanctioned uh, um, uh, matches. So it won't be a band that's served at uh, World Cup qualifying because that is FIFA-sanctioned matches, which is weird. And then uh, I know we cut it last time, but the Korean national team, MJ? Um, just just briefly, last time I went on a rant because they drew Iraq at home, and that should
2: never happen. Uh, but since then, uh, win against Lebanon a win against Syria 2-1 in, where they possessed most of the ball and played the Korean-Dutch style that I love. And then they were up 1-0 in Tehran, um, in Iran, and had a chance to leapfrog Iran in the, in the, in the standings. Um, it ended up being a 1-1 draw. But I'll still I'll take that 1-1 draw away uh, in Iran. So they're, they're in second place uh, in their group and uh, would qualify at this point. So I'm super ecstatic because they're not uh, underachieving and down the basement anymore.
0: Would, would qualify for the World Cup or would qualify for the next round?
2: No, no, they would qualify for the World Cup.
0: Okay, cool.
2: No. Um, well, the, have... the top two teams from each group of six, I believe it is, uh, go to the World Cup. And then the, the third place teams play for the, that fifth spot.
0: Oh, okay so it's just and the then and that fifth
2: spot has to play against New Zealand or or
0: you know Peru or whoever so Calf or whatever so yeah. okay so, yeah, uh, cool yeah cool well goes. i'm happy for you i'm happy for uh, our friend Will Karazi who is Iranian and uh so but getting both Iran and, and South Korea to the World Cup would be good so
2: Yeah 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 no um i think there'll be one two i hope Korea's one and Iran's two. but you know no no shame if Iran wins the group
0: Right on. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, please rate and review us wherever you get the podcast, daves I know.com. Again, if you want to get on the, get on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the Daves I know. Uh you can
1: zeller's never sending another email about beer. Don't
0: forget. <laughs> uh at tdikmn on Twitter if you want to reach us. If you want to reach me specifically, uh at Texas Zeller, if you want my gambling advice, uh, at Texas Zeller. Uh MJ is at MJ Matsui. <clears throat> and Jessica is always at Jessica 144-083-982. Uh, right. Thanks for li- everybody for listening. We've been the Daves You Know.
1: This is, this is the, Daves the Daves I Know. we
0: have
1: gone
2: to try and work. We do our things, son. Long as you do yours, land here, become free, hun. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our things, son. Who the act, we attract to? hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our things, Do it, we do, we do it, we do our things, son. Some will paint a piece, some spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our things, son. not it at all. Yeah, I know we can't